What's up, everyone? Back for another episode of Locked On Bucks and Milwaukee start the preseason with a loss, which begs the question, is the club in crisis? We're going to break that. <laughs> We're going to break down the first game for Marjan Bochamp with the Bucks. Uh, there was no Giannis in this game, but a few interesting talk, uh, talking points. Jordan Wara started the game and uh, potentially some interesting comments from uh, associate head coach Charles Lee as well. So we're going to break down the loss to Memphis now. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday. Also, find my other stuff over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Of course, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or watch of every day uh, i was traveling yesterday so the post game show that's my fault a little bit slower than usual but uh, now that basketball is back you can expect the post game podcast typically to be up uh, pretty quickly frank they lost 107 102 to the grizzlies uh they were really leading uh a very very heavily undermanned memphis team until uh really the benches were emptied in the fourth quarter certainly from a bucks point of view there's a bit to talk about but Perhaps the guy we were most interested in watching was Marjon Bochamp. Four points, six rebounds, a couple steals, a block. I would say a difficult first few minutes on the floor. Maybe he was a bit overexcited, maybe a bit anxious. But uh, what did you take away from Marjon Bochamp? First player off the bench, not surprisingly, replacing Jordan Moore. Yeah, I think the you know that that matchup in terms of the battle for wing minutes between Bochamp and Wara, uh, we, we, to me, that was the main thing I am kind of going to be watching here in these first couple of preseason games. Uh, and especially with, with Giannis out, uh, on Saturday night, uh, we knew obviously this was going to be a kind of makeshift group and it was nice to see, Hey, Brooke Lopez is healthy. Hey, Drew Holiday's healthy. Hey, George Hill's out there, you know, looking fine. Right. They're not seemingly too worried about being too careful with some of those veterans, so of course the the focus goes on to the younger guys who are battling for minutes and um you know I, as you said a tough first start tough tough start to the game for Marjan I think in the first 2 minutes and 30 seconds he had two missed shots and two turnovers um and you know I, I kind of reading some of the post game comments you know, admitted he kind of had you know some some of those sort of first game jitters um probably some butterflies just you know again preseason but his first game wearing a, a real Milwaukee Bucks jersey, not the summer league jersey. Um, and yeah, had a couple, um, you know, had some had some decent looks from three, wasn't able to knock any of those down. And of course, we've talked about how that's really going to be kind of the the main thing that that he's going to have to do offensively, because I think we saw, you know, he, he just has limitations, I think, right now. And, you know, I don't I don't know how high his ceiling is from like a dribble pass and pass perspective. Um, 
you know, I had a turnover inbounding the ball on a bad pass, um, got stripped a couple times four turnovers for a guy that obviously is, is not playing on the ball very much. Um, isn't great. And, um, so I, again, I think expectations just need to be calibrated appropriately that his role in offense just needs to be very limited because again, going in, like we saw him get a couple like pick and rolls, dribble handoffs, and just doesn't get to strike me as a guy that looks very comfortable doing that right now. Um, I thought there was one play in the first half when he got fouled where he attacked a closeout and you got to see a little bit of the kind of athleticism and physical tool set, kind of what that could mean uh, offensively in terms of attacking the basket. And he was a really efficient kind of garbage man, you know, paint scorer in the G league last year. And we really didn't see much of that uh, in Vegas. So, you know, some of the things I'm looking for in preseason is almost like to kind of confirm some of the strengths that seem to be there last year in Vegas. I mean, he scored 15 points per, sorry, that weren't there in Vegas, that 15 points per game in the G league without really shooting many threes or shooting them very well. Um, but he was a guy that, you know, managed to score in transition, get putbacks. We saw him have one very nice offensive rebound in the first half of this game where he really kind of, kind of jumped out, jumped everybody, um, and then kicked it out. Um, and I think the other thing that we saw, you know, kind of positive was his one basket was a transition basket where he ends up jumping off one foot for a really nice dunk in transition. And we talked uh, during Vegas about how he seemed hesitant at times to go off of one foot uh, in transition. And I think there were about three plays where it seemed like he felt like he had to slow down and go off two feet to try to finish in transition. And I think one of those times he got stripped another couple of times he got fouled. And again, if you're just running at top speed, able to jump off one foot and you know, that gives you kind of your best chance to finish. And it didn't seem like he was comfortable doing that. So it was really nice to see him, you know, get that first basket out of the way. And even though it's a dunk and it's like, okay, well, you know, great. You get like basically a transition dunk, like how much, how, how significant can that be? Um, at least it was encouraging to see him kind of playing with, with speed and tempo in the open court and, and showing off some of the athleticism that, we were assuming would be there and and obviously is going to be really important. So offensively, I think, you know, very much probably going to be a work, work in progress. And, you know, if he's not making threes, then um, it's, it's going to be probably a bit of a challenge unless he really can carve out a bit more of that sort of off ball cutting rebounding kind of, again, transition sort of garbage man thing, which again, last year, it seemed like he did in, in the G league. We haven't really seen much evidence of that so far. Um, but I think defensively that, that, you know, Obviously, we've talked about his bar and how he doesn't need to do a whole lot on offense to potentially get minutes, and that's because of what he can do defensively. And also in the G League last year, he was kind of a you know defensive playmaker. I think he had about two and a half blocks plus steals per game, and again, didn't see a lot of that in Vegas. But in this game, um, a couple steals, again, just seemed to be around the ball, deflections, and had a really nice block kind of. Um, moving backwards uh, against a guy driving right at him, ends up getting a piece of it, knocking the ball away. And again, defensively, it just seemed like he was around the ball. I don't know that we saw a lot of, you know, kind of ISO one-on-one -on -one type situations. I think he may have some challenges getting over screens. Again, he's not a small guy, um, but certainly that's the that's the end where, you know, he's going to have to really establish himself. And in a matchup, hypothetically, with Jordan Wara for early season minutes, that's obviously the the area that he can distinguish himself a bit. So, you know, I think this is a game you say he kind of got it out of the way, first preseason game under the books. And, um, you know, hopefully he shows a little bit more um, 
calmness and uh, a little more composure offensively moving forward and can just knock down some shots because I thought that was one of the other things was like, he's going to be parking the corner a lot when he's in games this year and he's going to be open a lot is what I expect. Drew Holiday was looking for him repeatedly. And again, when defenses were sagging, he was often the guy that was open. So it's not going to be, you know, his, his failure is not going to be for lack of open shots. Let's say that. And now it's again, it's just coming down to whether he can hit enough of those to keep defenses honest. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, we saw a little bit of it in Vegas as well, but it does feel like the majority of his offense or limited scoring that he's going to bring to the table is going to come off uh, or come in transition. He had another strip where he kind of stripped the ball on a on a Memphis player driving to the basket, and he sort of gambled that they were going to collect the ball, and then they ended up getting it back, but that would have been more points for him as well. And the other thing is, I do think that he actually will be more open when Giannis is on the floor and potentially Chris as well, he had one of his three point attempts uh, blocked, uh, which you know, maybe he could have, he could have faked and put the ball on the floor as he did in the second quarter uh, when he was able to draw a foul there and looked like he was going to actually attempt to dunk from outside the key. It was a pretty ambitious uh, attempt there, but uh, that was fun to see because for all the talk of how athletic he was, he kind of looked, a, it was like a funny athlete uh, in Vegas, but I thought he showed a little bit today. I want to get to Jordan Moore. Uh, after we talk about LinkedIn a little bit more and uh, LinkedIn's jumped on board. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Frank. Uh, people can uh, people can send. Actually, I'm not going to say that. Don't send me a message on LinkedIn, but <laughs> unless it's job related. But LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash/lockedonNBA. That's LinkedIn.com/slash/lockedonNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply there. Uh, what about the other guy? Should we talk about Jordan Wara then? So he gets the start you know, a week ago. We're like, is this guy even going to be on the roster? Now <laughs> Now he starts in the, in the preseason opener. As we mentioned, no Wes Matthews, no Giannis, no Chris Milton. So uh, it's a little bit different. And then, you know, Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday played uh, only the first half in this game. But along with Bochamp, he played basically 27 minutes. Wara played 27, 21 points, eight rebounds. Uh, seven for 15 from the floor, as we know, as we've seen before, when Jordan Moore is playing in these lineups that are ro- you know, deep in the rotation, shall we say, he's probably going to score, but he's most certainly going to get shots up. Did you see anything from Jordan Moore that we haven't seen before? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, you know, someone had to take shots tonight. Yeah, it's not uh, to knock him at all, but yeah, we've, we I have mean, seen this. Yeah, I, I I nearly tweeted something about how Jordan Wara was was already in preseason form. I'm not sure if that would have been a joke that that would have um, you know uh, caught people off guard, but not not trying to diss Jordan, but you know we sort of expect him to look yeah. good in these types of environments in preseason and um, you know scenarios where he's he's going to have the ball in his hands a fair bit, um, but you know he was obviously part of that lineup that kind of struggled down the stretch and kind of coughed away the game and ball was obviously in his hands a lot because, you know, I mean, what, again, how, how are you going to be running offense when, you know, it's him and uh, who else was out there at the time? I think it was Lindell Wigginton and uh, I think 
AJ Green might have been out there for a bit. Bochamp was out there for a bit. Bildoza was out there for a bit. Um, and Thanasis was out there. Uh, and, you know, again, it's obviously it's, the ball's going to be in Jordan's hands a fair bit. And so, you know, I think he is who he is until further notice, I would say. And obviously there's some positives with that in terms of, um, you know, the shot creation and 21 points on 15 shots, you know, I mean, for a first preseason game, <laughs> a lot of other guys were worse. I thought yeah. it was interesting. I thought, you know, Grayson Allen, I thought looked, looked pretty sharp in the first half. And then I looked at his box score and he was 15 points on six out of 14. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess he wasn't actually that, that efficient, but um, you know, I think he did stuff that, that we've seen Grayson Allen do. And uh, I, I don't know. It seemed like people were kind of, I saw some people kind of reacting to this, like it was some, you know, new and like determined Grayson Allen or something like that. And it's like, nah, he kind of did that kind of stuff for a lot of the year. Right. I mean, he looked awesome against the, the bulls in the first round. Right. And it really was just in that second round where sort of the wheels kind of completely came off for him. So um, yeah, I mean, kind of like when we were talking about Giannis and Thanasis at Eurobasket, you know, most important thing is just get through these games without, uh, get taking any injuries. And, um, you know, I think seems like certainly game one, you were able to get through it. Uh, not a, a very impressive end of the game, get outscored 41 to 26 in the fourth quarter, but, uh, obviously it doesn't really matter a whole lot. And, you know, I think Jordan and, and Mamu as well, 15 points on 11 shots for Mamu. Um, he was out there obviously late as well. Um, you know, they kind of did stuff that, you know, offensively they showed kind of the skills that they have. Uh, and so it's not a bad thing that they, you know, no. scored points in a preseason game, but, um, by the same token, we know that they're going to have to do more than that. And you know, I don't think we saw some sort of, you know, breakthrough defensively from, from either of those guys. And obviously, you know, look at kind of the, the box score is minus 11 for Mamu. Um, Jordan was still a plus two. Uh, I think Marjan Beauchamp was a game worst minus 18. So some of the young guys, um, you know, say the, the game tilted when when the Bucks went very young. Wigginton was minus 13. Uh, Thanasis minus 16. Uh, as I mentioned, Mamu minus 11. So it is what it is, right? Let's let's not read too much into a preseason game. Um, but uh, I think it, we'll, we'll get a little bit of sample size here over the next couple of weeks just to see if there's anything appreciably different with those guys. And, uh, on you know, for better or worse, we're going to see some of that in the regular season as well because at this point, you know, we're not expecting Chris Milton to be back for the start of the season. And I don't really know. I, you know, it's kind of one of those things I hadn't really thought of Chris being out for long, but you know, we're now season's pretty close, right? We're like two and a half weeks away, something like that, less than three weeks away from the start of the regular season. And, you know, Chris is, it's not like he's like practicing yet or anything like that. Right. He's got the cast off, um, starting to do some work, but, uh, obviously he's got a, a little ways to go before he's back and, uh, you don't expect the bucks to take any chances with him either given the importance of having him healthy when uh, they need him most, which obviously was uh, arguably the, the, the reason that they went out in the second round last year. So, um, so we'll see, but, you know, kind of check the box game one in the books. And obviously these next couple of games will be a bit different being uh, two games, very, very far from home in Abu Dhabi. So I should mention, obviously Pat wasn't playing as well. Another one of those guys. So I will say considering some of the, the veterans they had on this team, it certainly compared to Memphis. I mean, Memphis had no yeah. one playing in this game and you still had Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen starting Bobby Portis as well. 
Uh, then you had George Hill coming off the bench. So, you know, as far as preseason openers go, and they had some real experience and they still yeah. had those five guys that you think are going to come in. So it certainly is a deep team. And that's probably why, again, like you said, I don't think it's it's not knocking Jordan Moore. I mean, he scored 21 points. It was fine. But, but you know, I think it's going to be more curious when all those guys are back, what are the things that are going to get him minutes? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, it was fascinating that he got the start. Serge Barker played decent minutes in this one as well. So is there anything else? from this game that you looked at or potentially that you didn't see that you'd be looking for in these two games. And again, I don't know what these games are going to be like in Abu Dhabi. I don't know who's going to play. I don't know what they're going to do. I assume Bud's not traveling. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but Charles Lee obviously took these games. So after having one game in the preseason, it feels like this is going to be a little bit disjointed now, but overall, you know, you think last year, Brooke was obviously not in a, not in good shape entering the season. Drew Holiday had come off the late season, the Olympics. So I guess from a uh, freshness point of view, it at least feels like potentially some of the guys are coming in in better shape. Yeah, and um, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if Bud is not on the trip with them, right? I mean, you know, it's was he at the arena? I didn't see him. He was. He was. Well, yeah, I think he came in before Charles Lee had his media availability, and basically, I think he he said, "Give him hell." So, uh, you know, and, and our friend Eric name wrote <laughs> and about, screwed it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he was on crutches instead of a ah, scooter, I believe okay. today. So, um, I mean, I would certainly expect him to go with the team to, to Abu Dhabi. I mean, just okay. given the importance from like a team building perspective, whether or not he's on the sidelines. Yeah. You know, who knows? Right. Um, you know, potentially a lot of, uh, disappointed fans in Abu Dhabi who came to see right. Milwaukee Bucks with, with Bud in his, uh, half zip sweater on uh, on the sideline so Absolutely. um i'm sure the nba is going to be really uh leaning on bud to to, to make an appearance uh on the sideline but uh but uh by the way can we'll... i let, let me jump in with one quick take mm-hmm. i've got when we spoke about this in summer league aj green not sure why yeah i don't i, I was gonna say like luca vildoza and aj green like it was. It's funny looking back. I think there were, you know, these these translated uh, articles from Luca Vildoza's agent. Remember that during the summer when he got released yeah. and then yeah. resigned, and it was like, oh no, they the Bucks really want him on the team, and he's going to be back. And it's just like, yeah, uh, sorry, Luca. You know, thanks for playing, but there 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 are no rosters. There are no, there's 15 guaranteed roster spots. It's over. You know, like unless um, unless they gave like him one of the two ways or something. But I, I don't really kind of see that. So, um, yeah, I'd just say we'll, we'll always have that one around the back pass in the Bulls series um, to, to Thanasis. But I, I, Luca Vildoza, thanks for playing. And I agree, AJ Green, like, I, I just don't get – I mean, we've yeah. talked about it. Like, you know, kind of – I don't want to be a broken record. One out of five from three tonight, one out of five overall in 12 minutes. I just don't get really why – you take a flyer with on a two way with a guy like this in, in the first place, just given you are a championship contender under, you know, granted the odds of finding a, a guy on a two way that, you know, would give you real rotation minutes or be valuable or develop into something obviously is not high, but at a minimum, I would be targeting player types that at least have a chance to be an impact. Right. 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 Um, and AJ green, I mean, Six four guy who probably can never play NBA defense. 
you know, it's like, I mean, he can be a great shooter, but what, what does that really get you? Right. Like I, I just don't see any path for him to be a guy that matters for, for the bucks. And okay. Like, so, I mean, what's the thesis here is you, you want need a shooter on the herd or something like that. I, I, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's a two way spot like that. I don't think you can just be sort of punting on these or taking guys that have no shot of, of giving you NBA minutes. So I agree. I don't really get it. Uh, and you know, Lindell Wigginton, he was obviously much better in summer league than AJ green was. Maybe we know enough from of Lindell Wigginton from last year to say like, well, he's, he's not going to be a guy that is, you know, is ever really going to matter in the NBA either. But I think he's certainly shown more than what I expect AJ green can show just from a kind of just athletic tool set standpoint and just sort of positional uh, utility standpoint. So yeah, I don't know. Take your pick. Uh, who who might be another sort of two way option? Uh, but I agree. I don't. I, I'm still kind of confused why AJ Green got one of the two ways. And you know, the upside is you can recycle, kind of cycle those two way guys yeah. in pretty easily. So I, I don't know. I'd be I'd be fascinated to hear just you know fly on the wall. Like, are the Bucks? You know, how, how tenuous or strong is his grasp on that spot? Are they committed to, you know, giving him 30 games or something like that and seeing kind of what they have, or, you know, is he in camp basically having to prove it? And if he doesn't, you know, look really good, then they're, they've already got sort of other ideas of, of what they could do at that spot. So, so yeah, I, I would certainly bet that AJ green is not going to be on a two way um, <laughs> by, by mid season would be my, my speculation. They'll, they'll cycle that that spot into somebody else. And, you know, again, not to kind of just rag on AJ green, who's I'm sure a lovely guy. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I just don't really get the the thinking behind that. I mean, Matt Thomas is probably available somewhere if you just want, you know, kind of an undersized guy that can't play defense and is awesome at shooting three pointers. And Matt Thomas is from Wisconsin. So there you go. There you go. There's your connection. Uh, if you, if you want to make people happy on that, I don't think he, I don't know if he's too, I don't think he's too way eligible anymore, but, uh, but long story short. Yeah. Uh, don't get it and assume there'll be some movement on that at some point. Well, it's uh that's not a bad name that you dropped there. Matt Thomas is a perfect example of a guy that we've literally seen hit four or five threes in quick time in the NBA, but ultimately he's not really an NBA player. So that's why it's a little confusing. Like if you're using the two way player to maybe find a, a diamond in the rough it just doesn't seem like this is this is the case it feels like if they want him for the herd they could probably just sign him and keep him on the herd it's um but anyway uh, on the grand scheme of things it's probably not the uh the biggest issue but you said you wouldn't bet on uh, aj green so what about betonline.net i don't know whether they have those odds i would bet that they probably don't but betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season uh, even i woke up this morning here back home finally not in a hotel Loving that life. Uh, but I caught the end of the Packers game. And you can find odds for the Green Bay Packers at betonline.net. It feels like they're just going at the moment, but you can get later players, developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And, of course, NBA as well. NBA Futures, NBA Championship, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, Rookie of the Year. All those types of things are there. If you're interested in having a look where the Bucks stand, there in the lines it's uh also the fastest and easiest way to check in on uh, other games and events including baseball boxing golf mma so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more that's bet online where the game starts
Uh, Frank, was there anything from post-game? Charles Lee. Uh, I know Eric mentioned to us what an interesting comment from Charles Lee. And then you kind of brought this up, which I think is a pretty good point. I think we've all learned by now that when Bud is doing press conferences, you're probably not going to be getting too much uh, inside info. Even if he's annoyed about something, he might pretend that he's not. He plays with a very, very, very straight bet, old Mikey Budenholzer. But when you get Charles Lee, sometimes you might have an opportunity to catch them off guard. Now, Charles Lee's been around for a long time, but he mentioned something about the three-point shooting or certainly the three-point defense, which is good timing because we discussed this for an entire podcast last week if everyone wants to go back and listen to that. But did you see anything different, even though obviously you're missing some significant defensive pieces from this team i don't i don't think i saw, saw anything to, to suggest that you know like big tactical changes but um but i think it to to your point i don't have the exact quote in front of me but essentially he said something effective that they are trying to make a point of emphasis of not giving up as many threes which <laughs> you know game one of preseason you know success I, I, 28 what, yeah exactly <laughs> Um, I don't think uh, I'm going to put a whole lot of stock into that. Uh, but as you alluded to, right, when you have uh, a, an assistant who's put in the spot of doing the pre and post game, you know, normally don't ever hear anything from Charles Lee on the record. So this was a bit unique. We obviously had the situation last year with Darvin Ham where he coached those couple games. Um, and we got to see Darvin, you know, in front of the cameras. And, you know, I think he's, Obviously, they're all different. These are all different people, so they're all going to approach the media a little bit differently. So, I don't think there's anything. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, like, you know, put put money on the Bucks. You know, being appreciably <laughs> better in terms of allowing threes because all these things come with trade-offs. Uh, but just something to kind of monitor, and uh, certainly if early in the season, if if they are doing things a little differently, maybe they're not helping as much. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe that that's sort of a leading indicator of of uh, of that little nugget that that Charles Lee dropped on us. But obviously, a lot of the post game was sort of just, you know, Taylor Jenkins, who worked with Charles in both Atlanta and Milwaukee, so was a uh, maybe a fitting opposing coach to go up against here. You know, just a lot of people lavishing praise on on Charles and you know his pedigree as a coach and what he's um, been able to accomplish so far. And we've obviously seen him interview for a number of head coaching positions already. So I think certainly the the chorus from post game was about how he's, you know, it's just a matter of time before he's uh, a, a head coach somewhere. And um, obviously, hopefully he can win another championship in Milwaukee before then. And, um, but you know, this is, that's just the reality of, of being a coach who has success and develops coaching talent, right? I think Mike Budenholzer deserves a lot of credit we obviously cross our fingers here and not, not that I'm like rooting for the Lakers, but you know, I am kind of, I feel like I have to root for Darvin Ham in LA getting his chance after a long time as an assistant. And we've obviously seen a number of other guys uh, who have come from that, that bud coaching tree, Um, you know, probably most notably uh, Quinn Snyder and Kenny Atkinson. And of course, Taylor Jenkins, Um, you know, all three of those guys having been head coaches recently that I've had, um, you know, a fair bit of success. So um, hopefully for Charles' sake, he's going to be next in line and hopefully he ends up in a good situation somewhere and has a chance to show people what he can do as a head coach. And 
hopefully for the Bucks, they continue to uh, develop the next Darvin Ham, the next Charles Lee, et cetera, on the bench. And, you know, again, it's a, a kind of occupational hazard when you're really good at, at being a head coach that uh, and developing assistant coaches that uh, you're going to lose some. And then you got to find new guys and, and bring them along. But obviously, Bud uh, has been doing that for years now, going back to his Atlanta days with some of the guys that we mentioned. So um, thankfully, we've got got Charles at least this season and uh, and then I think next summer we'll see we'll see what's next for him and for the Bucks. Uh, so one thing that did throw me off was when they put up the the coaching win-loss records of Bud next to Taylor Jenkins it completely threw me off that Taylor Jenkins was like 128 and 99 so he's entering his fourth season I thought he'd only been there too so anyway I know this season's been compressed but uh, that feels like that's gone uh, very quickly. The next game is on Thursday, I believe, 11 a.m. I think is is yeah. tip-off on Thursday. Central. Uh, I believe that is Central correct. Time. Well, we've just moved into daylight savings time here in Australia, so I, I had to figure out what time we were going to podcast. We've separated another hour, but uh, that's 3 a.m. for me. So, you know, Oof. preseason basketball at 3 a.m. Euro basket was one thing, but preseason is really really uh, stretching things. Hey, I got one question for you that you might have caught that I couldn't quite understand or, or I missed it or I just caught the end of the conversation. So Zora was talking about, uh, great to see Zora Stevenson back, by the way, and uh, shout out to Dave Kane as well doing the TV broadcast. Thought he did a good job. But Zora brought up something about the, is it the taunting rules or the delay of game or something standing on the bench? Did you catch that conversation at all? That they've changed the um, rule or something? Yeah, I, well, I, I think they were talking. Was it in reference to Giannis? I think yeah. was he standing up, um, <laughs> eating popcorn, or trying to hail down uh, one of the other vendors in the in the arena? I think. <laughs> yeah, Giannis was. Uh, we had a lot of video of him eating popcorn during this game, and then he was next to the scores table later in the game, and he used that you know telescoping arm to steal some skittles. So uh, and so tomorrow's uh, podcast. Uh, is there an issue with Giannis's diet? Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. <laughs> let's just say, I mean, we have ample evidence that, you know, let's just say this, Giannis is not on the strictest diet. <laughs> and uh, among many God-given talents uh, right. is the fact that Giannis's metabolism seems capable of allowing yes. him to, you know, not necessarily have to eat the way that um, maybe some people have to eat to, to stay in shape. But um but I believe it was in reference to Giannis and they made Giannis sit down. And I think uh, I actually heard another podcast recently talking about, I think it was the Mavericks. Um, like this is like a, a Maverick, like it was somewhat inspired by the yeah. Mavericks not okay. sitting down during the playoffs last year on the bench. And obviously if you're a fan paying a large amount to sit behind the Mavericks, uh, especially, especially if the Mavericks are a road team and you're not there to see the Mavericks and they're standing up and blocking your view of the court uh not great you know not really not not a great fan experience uh i think theo pinson was highlighted as the the leader of the maverick standing room only approach to uh to the bench so uh so yes i think that there is some rule now uh, about delay of game or you know some way that they can kind of keep those benches honest so that the the bench mob is not just uh loitering around blocking everybody's view on the sideline the entire game so um, we'll see. We, we didn't get a, uh, we didn't get a transition take foul call in this game. Giannis being on the bench, obviously maybe part of the reason why, uh, the, the Memphis Grizzlies did not feel obligated to try to take any transition take fouls in this game. Um, 
but uh but yeah we'll we'll see with uh you know every preseason slash early season it's always interesting to see kind of what what are the new um points of emphasis from an officiating standpoint so we got one very boring one i guess uh this time around yeah we will see uh but you know it's interesting during preseason, sometimes you get the uh, opportunity to, to see some new players that you think might break out. And if you're playing fantasy basketball, you should check out the Locked On Fantasy podcast with Josh Lloyd, my Aussie mate. Uh, does a fantastic job on that podcast. Uh, they do ridiculous numbers. So after you're done listening to Locked On Bucks, listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and you'll give yourself a chance to uh, win whatever league uh, you're in. But we're away, Frank. Basketball is back. Uh not sure whether it was a long or short preseason. I think Eurobasket filled the void and certainly helped us out for a few weeks there. But like I said, Thursday, the Bucks will be back in preseason basketball. I seen on the broadcast yesterday, they had the countdown. It was 16 days. So I suppose we're 15 days uh, from opening night as well. And that's when uh, that's when the real fun will begin. But I must admit, it was nice to see Farsev Forum. It was nice to hear some familiar voices. Uh, not so familiar faces necessarily on the court at times, but uh, I'm glad it's back. I'm glad it's back, Frank. I'm excited. I mean, what, what unfamiliar faces did you see on the court? We got this, you know, we, we bucks may be missing some guys, but come on. I mean, this is pretty much all dudes. We, we, we've seen here for last year, Kane, were there who AJ green, Marjan Bochamp. Was there anybody, is there anybody else? Marcus, Marcus Bolden, I guess, played. Was there anybody else that, uh, that was an unfamiliar face to us in this game? Most of the Memphis roster. Yeah, well, okay, of, Memphis roster. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who those guys were, but they got the yeah. win. So shout out to the Grizz. All right, let's leave it there. We'll podcast tomorrow. Find something to talk about then. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not about Giannis's diet. But probably you know. probably not about the Milwaukee Brewers either. Oh boy. Uh, no, nobody with worse vibes in the state of Wisconsin right now than the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> Stick a fork in the Brewers. It looks like. Uh, and if somehow I'm reverse jinxing them, great. But um, yeah, good. I tweeted, you know, I'm not sure if I'm more excited for the Buck season starting or the Brewers season ending because it's just been just been a drag, man. Uh, but Brewers have just been a drag here for the past couple months. So you hate to see upward. it. You hate to see it. <laughs> Giannis's baseball team o- ownership. Big questions about ownership. Brewers ownership. So Giannis. You're gonna have to ask Giannis some hard-hitting questions about his uh, tenure as Brewers owner and being uh, disappointing this year. I'm sure he's got some really detailed talking points for that. Well, he looked frustrated and upset today on the bench. So, <laughs> all right, see you all tomorrow. <laughs>